Well, welcome once again to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for preachers. I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. And we are here this week diving into Psalm 118 with another mini episode. Smart car. Smart car. There we go. We got a smart car of an episode for you leading up to the great BMW episode with Dr. Stephen Reed, Psalms expert. So we are looking forward to that and also looking forward to talking about Psalm 118 with you today. Now, you may be wondering why we are doing Psalm 118. I am wondering that. Why are we doing that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Because the lectionary has committed the grave sin, Tim, the grave sin of substituting a New Testament text for the first reading. Can you believe that? No, I don't get that at all. No. <laughs> okay. You weren't quite going to my tone, but it's okay. I appreciate it. So for the season of Easter, we will be dwelling in the Psalms. This is an excellent time to be doing a Psalms sermon series, if you'd like, connecting the Psalms a little bit more deeply with the gospel lesson, these stories of Jesus after the resurrection. Uh, and we are going to give you lots of resources to try to do that. So Psalm 118 is the last of uh, what is called in the Jewish tradition, the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. Um, these are Psalms that are often to do with praise. It's a chunk, Psalms 113 to 118. And these psalms, these five psalms, are recited verbatim on specific Jewish festivals. Um, they're recited on Passover. They're recited on the Festival of Booths or Tabernacles. Um, and they're even recited on some minor festivals as well. Uh, it's a way of showing great praise to God. And this is the final one. Uh, it doesn't actually start with hallelujah, but if you look up at Psalm 117, the last word of that psalm is hallelujah. And what a lot of scholars think, not everyone, but a lot of scholars think that that word got um, mixed from, or it got missed from the beginning of Psalm 118 and kind of attached to the bottom of Psalm 117 as scribes were transmitting the text. Now, is that important? Not really. Is it interesting? Sure, if you're a Bible dork like me, and maybe you as well. So, we can keep going. Now, what we were given for Psalm 118 is verses 14 to 29. And Tim, how do you think I feel about that? You're probably just fine with that. Mm, you are so wrong, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm guessing you knew that. I am not very happy with that. And I will tell you why in just a second. When you read the psalm from verses 14 to 29, the flavor that you get is one of victory. And it's one of military victory, really. Um, now, a couple things about that. What gets missed if you just start at verse 14 is that this is a victory for sure. But what it actually is, is deliverance. Verse 14 reads in the JPS, The Lord is my strength and might. He has become my deliverance, my salvation. When you go back a little bit further in the psalm to verse 5, it reads, In distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and brought me relief. The Lord is on my side. I have no fear. What can a person do to me? With the Lord on my side as my helper, I will see the downfall of my foes. So now, when you hear those verses, it's less victory and, again, much more deliverance and salvation. 
And this is an important, uh, important distinction, both for this psalm and I think for our lives as well. Uh, it's a distinction that makes me think about, uh, of all things, Facebook. Okay. Tim, have you ever preached on, have you ever preached on Facebook before? No, I don't think I have. I haven't either. But as I was reading this, I was thinking about verses 14 to 29 almost being the curated portion of the psalm. Curated is a term you hear a lot uh, when Facebook is talked about, how people curate their lives and then post it on Facebook. Uh, It's not only like taking a picture and then altering it digitally so it looks prettier. It's about what you take a picture of. I was thinking about this the other night as I was looking at my kitchen counter. Tuesday was Mardi Gras, so we're recording this way early. This last Tuesday was Mardi Gras. Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. Uh, We had people over Tuesday night. I was gone all day Wednesday. And on Thursday, I was looking at my kitchen counter. And there was still dried stuff on my kitchen counter from Monday night when I was hurriedly baking a king cake at 10 o'clock at night so that we could have it on Mardi Gras on Tuesday. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, that's what I really should be posting on Facebook right now because that's honest and that's real. What you get in verses five to seven is the crusty part of the psalmist's life. You get that moment where the psalmist is crying out for help and God answers. And the psalmist doesn't forget to say that. That's the whole introduction to this entire victory, to this entire deliverance, this entire salvation. And really, if we're honest with ourselves, it's that kind of honesty that we are really hungry for, that we are really desperate for. So you could have a sermon on Facebook if you wanted. A couple other gorgeous images to preach. Uh, also, ironically enough, from verses five, and, five to seven, leading into the victory psalm. Uh, verse five says, the Lord set me in a broad place. Tim, have you ever been to the prairie before? Yes, just this past summer. There is a sense of openness and wideness to prairie that it's hard to understand until you get there. It's not the same as being high on a mountaintop and seeing way far away. It's the sense of where where you are standing. The world is solid. It is flat. It is solid. It goes for distance. You can see the weather coming in at you. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think of when I think of the Lord set me in a broad place because you can breathe there. You can take a deep breath and feel like there's nothing pressing in on your chest. So for anybody listening who's got prairie people, that image will preach in your congregation. Uh, One more thing before we get to the rest of the psalm. Verse seven, it says, I have God on my side as my helper. A little Hebrew word helper here is ezer. It's the same word as in Genesis two, where it says that God created Eve as an ezer as a helper for Adam. That verse has been used to say a lot of different things about the relationship between men and women, but I just want to throw out here two little things. First thing, you know who it's most often applied to, that word ezer in the Bible? God. Mm -hmm. You know the situation it's most often applied in? The need of military assistance. So the image of ezer is of the cavalry coming in to save the day. So just think about that the next time you're talking about Genesis 2 with your friends. All right, (laughs) moving on to the rest of the psalm. The last thing I think I'd want to talk about 
for preaching this psalm is verse 18. Uh, the NRSV and the JPS both have the same translation. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not give me over to death. We struggle with these type of situations that talk about God punishing us. Uh, theologically, it can be difficult um, and it can be especially difficult for people who really have lived through trauma. So just a quick word about that. The Hebrew word here that's being used is yasar. And it's a word that can mean punish, but the broader context of the word, the broader meaning is to discipline, to chastise, to correct. Uh, it's the same word that appears in Psalm 16, where it's talking about staying on the right path with God. And it talks about God being present in the night. And in the night, actually, my conscience will yasar me. It will instruct me. It will correct me. It will keep me on the right path. So sometimes being kept on the right path can feel like instruction. Sometimes it can feel like correction. Sometimes it can feel like punishment. But what's important about these two verses is that it will never end in death. If something difficult is happening in your life that is leading to real trauma and pain, this is not God punishing you. This is not God testing you or correcting you. Verse 17 says, I shall not die, but I shall live. Correction from God always, always ends in new life. It never leads you to death. Well, that's such an important point. Thanks, Rachel, for your reflections on this week's psalm. We're also grateful to Blue Dot Sessions for some of our music this week. And while we're thanking, thanks also to all of you for listening to the podcast. Do you have some feedback for us on how we can make this an even more helpful resource? We'll browse over to firstreadingpodcast.com and click the Contact Us link to leave your comments. We'd really appreciate it. But until next time, thanks so much for listening and keep on preaching. I definitely am, have stolen that from Rick Steves. What? The keep on preaching? Keep on traveling. <laughs> <laughs>